Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 136. Suns fan here with Cinderin. Hello, how are you doing Hello. today? Hey, I'm good. Congrats on hitting puberty. Thank you so much, Cinderin. Really appreciate it. Uh, this episode's sponsored by nobody, by the way. It could be you one day, you watching out yep. there, the one with millions and millions of dollars. Uh, but that also means we get to talk about our beautiful patrons right off the bat. Thank you to ImpNibbler69. Vovalicious, bring back Ancients Jungle Necro. My balls are still delicious. Thank you, Manscaped, from me and my wife. Roundy3, my name is not Daniel Schaefer, else it would be my birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday to whoever the hell that is. Games for Falling Asleep thinks Dota could have millions of players if it were properly marketed. Disco Farm D, Vincent Darksea, Hakuna Matata, Commander Donut, Bread Sheeran, Chakar Still an Asshole, Mumbai Munich, the Mega Pope, Broomhead, if Dota was a Hillsong event, do you think Sydney would let us have it? TI in New Zealand. Not sure if What's I read a Hillsong that right. event. I don't know. And Zan Xavier, thank you. Hillsong Conference is about championing the Church of Jesus Christ. We are the church. Wow. Riveting. Very interesting. The Hillsong Conference. Go ahead, Cinderin. People are waiting for you to continue. Uh, where were you? San Xavier? Yes. Nate, thick of one ha zero one ham scrotes. Bacon. Cinderin looks like a swollen dickhead. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Shark TM. <laughs> Freshly seasoned goat balls is back. Dop. Nothing to see here. Underscore man. Ben Broomhead lives in Australia, so a TI in New Zealand would be extremely poggers champus. Let's make it happen. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk Anonymous, and finally Peter, Elephants are the only animals that can't jump. Neebling. Animals? That yeah. doesn't sound right. <clears throat> I'm going to say bullshit on that one, Mr. Neebling. Are fish animals? Yes. Fish can jump if they're on land. That's right. So who else can't jump? I don't know. Me. <laughs> That's true. You are an animal. You got it. Uh, all right. Let's get started with a couple of quick topics from me. Uh, I have a Windows 11 review. <laughs> so I've had Windows 11 for a decent amount of time on my Surface Pro, which I already reviewed, by the way. Good stuff. And recently, my computer's been running a bit slow. So I needed to reformat, and I figured, hey, if I'm going to reformat, I might as well run Windows 11 as well. Here are my complaints, Cinderin. Okay. The first one apparently will be fixed in the next major update, but it's so unforgivably bad that it annoys the shit out of me. 
if you have multi-monitors, the clock does not show up on other taskbars. So if I'm playing Dota, I have no idea what time it is, which bothers me. I know it's a small thing for most people, but it really bothers me. Why is that a thing? Which part? Not having it or having yeah. it? I don't know. It's literally They took Windows 10 and they were supposed to add stuff, and they literally deleted this feature that's just like, what could possibly be the reason? I do not know. Very annoying, though. In addition, uh, you can't disable the grouping of icons. So if you have, like, two Chrome windows open, yeah. creates that little, you know, when you click it and then these two little windows come. I hate, I've always hated that. Personal mm -hmm. thing, though, I know most people are probably used to it. I'm a bit of a boomer with that. Uh, it's a pain in the ass to make, but you can do it after I Google it, to create links in your taskbar itself. Because I like having direct links in my taskbar to like my C drive, my Google Drive, stuff like that. Uh, there's no easy way to access the task manager. You can still control alt delete to do it. And apparently you can now right-click the start menu to find it. But I like right-clicking the taskbar. I'm a very big taskbar person, apparently. Right-click taskbar. To, task, to the task manager straight away. How? Control shift escape. Yes, I know about that hotkey because I looked it up recently, but that's still not as oh. easy to me as right-clicking the taskbar and going to task manager. So I guess I have to do that to the start menu now. So again, these are slight annoyances. I didn't you could right-click. I reformatted, and in my device manager, there's a couple devices that are not recognized still. I literally have no idea what they could be. One is SM bus something, and one's a PCI Express device. Computer's running fine, though. PCI Express, they make really good uh, Chinese food, right? That's right. They're delicious. Love the orange chicken. And last but not least, the new addition, which I was really hoping would be what I kind of wanted, which I'll talk about now, is the widget system. I've disabled it. It is fucking trash. Trash. It's like this button brings up like weather and all this bullshit, and then it goes away. So for the longest time, Cinder, I don't know if you know this, I've been using, do you remember widgets from Windows Vista? Does that ring any bells to you? Vista does, but what were widgets? So widgets were these things that were on your desktop at all times, and you can actually make them go in front of every window as well. And a lot of people, like, they opened up to third parties, and they had, like, a CPU thing where you could see your CPU usage. You could have the weather displayed. Oh, that. You could yeah, have yeah. your GPU temperature and all that stuff. You could have the network uh, being shown as well, like how much you're downloading, uploading. I have used that. For some reason, they got rid of it after Windows Vista because of security issues, but I have always used a program called 8Gadget or something to recreate that because it's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping, because it feels ghetto to have to like install something from Windows Vista that I just could use all the time on my computer. So, you know, they came out with these widgets and they're garbage. They don't do anything. Nothing useful. It's just like bullshit news that I don't give a shit about. It's just meh. The weather. The weather, but you have to click it to be able to see it. It can't just be showing at all times. So I'm going to give Windows 11 a 7 out of 10 because it's basically How much would you give Windows 10. Windows 10 is like a 9.5. Very so good. So you're up. saying you downgraded? Yes, but a lot of the things are just minor annoyances that I'll get used to. And in case you're wondering, Windows XP SP2. And Windows 7 were both 10s. Those are the best operating systems that I've ever used. 10 was very good, though. 
Uh, so yeah, Windows 11, whatever. Everything's running faster, but it's because I reformatted. I don't know how much that has to do with Windows 11. So okay, that's it. Okay, second thing, Cinder, is a story I have to tell. Okay. Do you believe in ESP? What's that? Look it up. I don't remember what it stands for. <laughs> Just look it up. Extrasensory perception. Do you believe in an unproven paranormal phenomenon in which people allegedly receive information about or exert control over their environment in ways they don't use the five senses? Yes. Do you believe in ESPs? <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's basically the sixth sense. It's kind of like a vague, like it could be, you know, with ghosts or feeling like you can see the future kind of like it could be anything right it's like a i vague... don't believe in that okay so when i was a kid it's funny like a lot of these stories that i don't remember just come up that because something triggers it when mm. i was a kid stuff would happen to me like i don't know how often a bunch of times like quite often like semi-consistent like twice a year let's say like a little kid where i would feel something and it would happen okay and I'm a mm -hmm. little kid. I don't know what to think of it. It's like, okay, this is just, you know, I don't remember what I thought of it. And the problem is now I don't remember almost any of them except for one specific one because I made such a big deal out of it that I've just always remembered it. And this was this feeling like just I forget what triggered like the reason that I thought this. But I'm like, hmm, I was like six or seven years old living in the Middle East. Like this, you know, what's weird. I probably watched like a cartoon with like a rat or a mouse in it. I'm like, you know, what's weird. I have never actually seen a mouse before. And I found that really weird. And I walk into the other room literally five seconds later, and what do I see? A mouse. And I start freaking out and screaming. And I remember vividly that I wasn't really scared of the mouse. I was more scared that I knew, like I felt that that was going to happen. You know, obviously this is a huge coincidence, but this kind of stuff would happen to me semi-consistently, okay? And it happened to me and through adulthood, nothing. It's just like gone. It's like a mm -hmm. skill that's been gone. The other day. <laughs> Is it possible that you had already seen the mouse, but then forgot about it two seconds later? And then you were like, I'm going to see a mouse. And sure. you're like, holy shit, there's a mouse. That is possible if I had early onset dementia at six years old. Yes, definitely mm -hmm. possible. So the other night after not I having so. this experience in since I've been like seven or eight, I'm sitting on the couch and I don't know if it was you and me casting or who it was. Maybe you, you'll tell me. And I was just, <laughs> I was drinking a, like a diet soda or something. Right. And I'm thinking to mm -hmm. myself, Oh, we had that cast where we we're talking about Jenkins drinking like ridiculous amounts of diet soda. And my co-caster said, well, at least he's still being hydrated. Was that you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I'm thinking like, that was like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I'm like, all right. You know, diet soda, obviously, it, it has sodium, so it cancels out a lot of that shit, and it has this fake sugar, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, sugar, that would make a really good word on Wordle. Huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Five seconds later, I realize, oh, it's, it's 1 a.m. The Wordle has updated. Let me go try it. Lo and behold, the word is sugar. I got it in one go, Cinderin. I usually use the word horse for reference. I've never used the word sugar, sugar before that time. I have that never. That was the literal first time you used it. Literal was it? first time I've used sugar. Yes. 
I've used super in the past. Maybe that's what you're... Oh, uh, was it super? Okay. Literal yeah, first time. Get it right. And the thing is, and I know, you know, people are going to perceive this differently. When I typed it in and I saw the S turn green, I'm like, I, I know for a fact I got this right. For some reason, I knew it. And I got it right, Cinderin. And what did I do? I freaked out. <laughs> Scared the shit out of my wife. And she asked me what's wrong. I'm like, nothing. I got Wordle in one go. And she was very excited for me. So that's my story. <laughs> yeah, and have you thought about, like, if you have these superpowers about doing something, you know, actually impactful with them? No. Instead of discovering mice or guessing the word on Wordle? No. Not interested. I like useless okay. shit like this that make good stories. Okay. <laughs> so that's my ESP coming back to me. All right. So... Thank you so much for listening. All right. So I remember when I was a kid. Okay. We got I was story. thinking. I hope when I go to the fridge, there's still milk left. And then I went and there was still milk left. And I was like, I fucking knew it. That's definitely the same thing as seeing yeah, a mouse for the you. first time after thinking you've yeah. never seen a mouse. And the same as choosing sugar. As a five-letter word, how many five-letter words are there? Like, it's one thing if it's horse that I use every day. Eventually, it's going to be right. Sugar? Come on. All right? There's something there, Sindarin. There's no su- As the great V for Vendetta said, there is no such thing as a coincidence. Remember that. I will, I will keep an eye out. Now that you've told me this, I will keep an eye out for weird things that happen around you that are not related to you just burping really loudly randomly for no reason first of all i am offended that you even use the word burp in my presence you know it's a belch, belch. thank you yeah. burping is for burping. little children yes. and to jenkins who's incapable of belching mm. uh okay let's move on to the news of the week the dpc 2022 winter tour regional finals which i quote unquote leaked i do want to talk about this briefly cinderin because mm-hmm. i feel like this is in my I know that people are going to look at this differently. In my estimation, this is a gray area that I felt I was fine with coming out with this information. And the reason for that is the info, I I feel like as a freelance caster and somebody that has a podcast, I'm not really obligated to hold on to this information, especially when my sources give it to me and they say that they're fine. They're fine with me posting it. Like, I got permission from everybody beforehand. Now, if I was in, like, if Valve was emailing me or if I was part of the group or, you know, obviously you don't need to sign an NDA for these kind of things, but usually there's this line that you understand you're not supposed to. But I feel like as a freelance caster, it's like, what exactly is my obligation? I feel like the only time I wouldn't do that is if somebody gets hurt. Like, if it's a sexual assault case, something like that, obviously there's lines that you don't want to cross. But for something like this, nobody's really getting hurt. Literally every source is more than okay with it. So that's why I felt comfortable with it in case you were uh, wondering. So why don't you, since I've been talking this entire time, read. Well, you don't need to oh. read the whole thing, but the gist if you want to. What's the gist of this? There's like the 50 gist, lines. Please. The gist, Sindarin. Okay, I'll, do, I'll try to do a TLDR basically. But we have, we kind of did, you know, talk about this last week. It's basically... Word for it's the same thing, right? Um, I'll yes. just try to read it quickly. How about that? Are you ready? Eh, if you want. 
A little over a week ago, we announced the cancellation of the first major of the DPC 2021-2022 season. When we did so, we didn't present an alternative solution that would address the absence of prize pool and DPC points. When it became clear that scheduling a land with the proper requirements wouldn't be possible within schedule, we didn't feel confident that any alter alternative would have a positive outcome. Delaying the major to a much later date would make it unfair for players from teams to change rosters between now and then. Running a global online tournament would result in matches where the high latency among faraway regions would have a substantial impact on the quality of the matches, affecting the competitive integrity of those games. Replacing it with regional or bi-regional tournaments would eliminate the cross-regional play that lets teams from deeper regions earn more points towards international qualification. In particular, bi-regional tournaments can result in situations where an above-average region is punished because they were paired with another strong region, and a weak region is benefited by being paired with another weak region. Hold on, region. hold on, hold on. Let me try one paragraph. <clears throat> we could... <clears throat> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> We quickly realized that the feedback from teams that their priorities were wrong and we were successful at being mindful of players. But it's the DP take this was part of a mistake on our part. We are sorry. We said I'm making right. Do you understand any of that? They apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I can also read faster than I did, but then nobody can tell what you said. Try it. Let's hear it. No, what a waste of time. Please. We quickly realized, though, listen. I read this part oh, already. Oh, made a typo. There's a typo in a Valve post. Hold on. Oh, though, instead of through. Oh. Oh. That is not good. No. No. That is kind of a... That really shows something, I guess. We quickly realized, though, through... <laughs> Listening to feedback from teams and fans that our priorities were wrong, and we were not successful at being mindful of players participating in the DPC. This was a big, a big mistake on our part. We're sorry, and we're set on making it right. We held possible discussions with teams and tournament organizers to understand what was possible to execute and what, was the most, what made the most sense for everyone. While it became clear to everyone involved that there was no perfect solution that would address every issue, we decided to move forward with running six regional finals tournaments. The DPC 2021-2022 Regional Finals will take place over two weekends, with three regions playing on February 11-13, to 13, and the other three playing February 18-20. to 20. So it's two three-day tournaments. The top four from each region will compete in a double-a-limb tournament with a $100,000 prize pool. February 11-13, to 13, Western Europe, SEA and SA. February 18-20, to 20, China, Eastern Europe and NA. Each regional finals placement will be awarded the following. First place, 50 grand and 250 DPC points. Second place, 25 grand, 130 DPC points. Third place, 15 grand. Fourth place, 10K. Um, and then on top of that, since more details will be available through each regional region's tournament organizer, since this would create a situation where each region earned the same number of points towards TI qualification, we're revisiting the International 11 Qualifiers format to offset that bias as follows. The TI qualifiers will be played as originally planned with the top team from each region qualifying to TI. Second and third place from each region's qualifier will then compete in a LAN event shortly afterwards prior to the international. Out of those 12 teams, first and second place will qualify to the international 11. So a LAN wildcard like we talked about. As there are more teams qualifying for the international this season, the international 11 will feature 20 teams, two groups of 10 during group stage. Four teams will be eliminated, and main event will carry on as it has past internationals. And then they conclude with saying that this is unique to this season. Um, we'll see, though, if, uh, if it will be that way for future years, or if they will open up to having 20 teams more often. Because I do think, I think it's good, regardless. And yep. I think that wildcard tournament is going to have a lot of eyes on it. I don't think anybody really but for it. possibly Valve would disagree with you. 
Like I think everybody once this happens again, they're going to be clamoring for it, and I think Valve will appease everybody and just continue to do. That's my my guess. It's a good way to cover their bases to not guarantee that this is the future of TI so that they can. Right. And I think one reason to do this is just in case, like it's like a catch all for any potential, you can call it balance issues within the DPC rules with certain regions, getting a little bit Mm -hmm. more love and taking advantage of that. As we saw last year with not to hound on them, but South America got quite a few slots because of the way it was working. Uh, Alliance got in despite not, you know, so teams like Tundra and Nigma didn't right. end up going where this would give them that good opportunity to do so. So mm-hmm. then by having this catch-all, you're going to have less people criticize any rules within the DPC. So I think it's a win-win other than yep. the extra costs from Valve's perspective, yeah. which compared to the Battle Pass is literally nothing. So don't see that as, a, as an issue. I mean, we don't need to rehash what we talked about last week, but this is uh, like the TI qualifier stuff into the wild card is amazing. I think both of you, yep. you and I, think it's a 10 out of 10. The tournament that we're going to be seeing in mid-February is eh. Better than nothing. Obviously, a huge disappointment compared to what the major could have been. Um, so I don't think there's much more to be said I, about that other than... If you remember when we talked about this a couple of weeks back when the major got canceled, we were debating whether you could have NASA play each other, Western Eastern Europe play each other, and China SEA play each other. With the wording of this and the way Valve looks at it, they really want to totally eliminate ping from being any sort of factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can respect that. I, it's, it's one of those moments here where I feel like, you know, like this, this is going to be an exception. It's a tricky situation. What is better and more fair? Is that playing literally one region? Or is it playing two regions across with some ping? Mm-hmm. Uh, which will not be identical to all the players like it is on LAN, of course. Um, and they seem to think the absolute most important thing is that it's totally equal ground. And I, I, I respect that. I, I, can, I can see. Uh, the thing we talked about then was that if you did it single region, uh, part of the problem would be uh, the way points will be distributed, right? But now that they have a solution for that going somewhere down the line, there's no real, no real issues with this. Yeah, I mean, the only um, real downside is it's not as exciting with having cross somewhat cross regional play but the ping like yeah yeah, i would if i was in charge i would have made the same decision even though it's less eu in eu and in nasa i don't think the maybe in nasa the problem would actually be too big in europe it would be fine like western and eastern europe can definitely play against each other on i mean the problem is if you do it in one if you do it for two regions then you have to do it for the rest or else it's right that's the problem so and I guess NASA is also like some players will have a hundred plus ping. So yeah. Honestly, I, I I do think this is probably a better solution overall. So I'm pretty happy with it. Yep. And then they finished the blog post. I don't even remember if you said this. We expect the rest of the years go as planned. We are announcing information on the second and third major in a few weeks. Additionally, patch seven point three one will be released soon after the regional finals end. So we have to wait until probably February. In February. 20th 28th to 20 so that during that stretch oh is it a leap year this year it's not so 28th well they didn't say february they could have said end february but they're covering their bases once again soon after the regional finals end (laughs) that's true fuck what is soon yeah i mean that's i haven't been playing 
I don't think I've played actual regular Dota in a few weeks, actually, if I'm being totally honest. I've been playing a lot of custom games recently because I'm working on one myself, so I want to get, like, research and one up. But I haven't really felt the itch because I feel like I'm just waiting for this patch, and now it's, like, three weeks away minimum. Feels yeah. bad. Feels pretty bad. But it is what it is. I mean, would you be against it coming out before this big tournament? Because that would suck, too, for the the pro players, right? No, I, I definitely think they could have dropped it when the when the regions were over. Oh, so you would have been fine with... Yeah, that's like three weeks to prepare, I guess. Yeah, three yeah and a half that's weeks. enough. I think they could have dropped it for that. So that means it's just... But it wasn't ready, ready, so then obviously no. Like, it's better to not yeah. drop the patch than drop some absolute buggy and imbalanced mess, right? Of course, like, you want the content to actually be good when it comes out, but yeah. if it was ready, then I would have... I definitely... I don't know what my sweet spot is for how much time you should give pros before an important tournament or an important event to prepare. I think anything over two weeks is probably fine. Uh, and over three weeks, it is definitely fine. Mm. That's a lot of time to scrim and learn. And and obviously, it's not going to be figured out, right? But a patch also isn't figured out after two months. So, you know, it's about who gets the good ideas, who showcases it on the big stage. There's always going to be surprises and a meta of every tournament. So think i'll be fine yep very true i'm actually gonna yolo this and we're gonna change the topic to the dpc results i'm gonna add an image to my obs there we go so everybody can get see it's easy not to say we don't love sponsors but when we don't have sponsors we can put a huge ass graphic in the middle and doesn't block anything (laughs) important because our faces don't matter this podcast is sponsored by the dpc league that's right so let's go to the results dota pro circuit uh, Western Europe, we have Liquid number one, Tickles number two, Tundra. This was after a big uh, tiebreaker situation. Tundra ends up winning it, so they get third. OG fourth, so those are the teams that will be playing in this regional finals, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, that means Alliance and Cool Guys get relegated. Alliance is maybe the more surprising one just from an organization standpoint. And promoted is Entity and Brame, who were in Div 1, if I'm not mistaken, the season prior. So they're back to where they started. Uh, any surprises in the EU region or anything you want to discuss with tiebreakers? Uh, I think the uh, the tiebreakers went differently than both, both of us expected, right? We had, we had Secret and Nygma as our choices for getting top four, <laughs> and they lost yeah, that's both right of them. so that was another sap segment um <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> no, aside from that pathetic. i mean not too surprising i do want to mention though when you look at how many dpc points the teams are getting to give some perspective here if og win this regional finals and liquid get bottom two out of the four teams og has more points after getting fourth in the division hmm. so it just gives some perspective right because you get 250 for winning so they would be up to 310, and Liquid would be on 300 if they don't get top two. Right, okay. So huh. the balance in the region can shift a lot in terms of the initial points now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, makes sense. At the same time, if Liquid win out, they make a significant gap now into the next teams because they would have 550. And the highest possible second team would be if Tickles got second, at which point they would have 310, and everyone else would be miles behind. So mm-hmm. there's a lot at stake here for all teams, which is what you want to see, right? They're... They have a lot to play for, uh, even though it's this small online tournament. It actually matters a lot for potential TI down the road. So that's good. Yep. And we move on to China, where LGD, no surprise, number one, followed by RNG, Aster, and Ehome. Uh, 
which means the two teams, which we talked about briefly last week, to go out are Phoenix Gaming and the surprising IG with basically the IG same roster really minus needed. one player. Very yeah. crazy. And they're going to be replaced by Extreme Gaming and Team Magma. Yep. And then on to uh, Eastern Europe. I'm trying not to... We, people don't want to be called it to be called CIS. I actually don't know the reasons why, but I guess we're going to call it Eastern Europe. I think it's because some of the teams playing in the region aren't in the actual CIS. Oh, I see. So it's not all-encompassing, I think. So number one is Team Spirit, followed by Puck Champ, VP, and Hellraisers. Puck Champ obviously not sponsored as of yet, but we talked about it last week. Teams like Navi or any any of these big uh, CIA or Eastern European orgs. Or Gambit. Gambit as well, as they drop to lower div, along with Empire. I mean, Empire is another one of those. Gambit and Empire relegated from Div 1. No. And they are replaced by CIS Rejects and Windstrike Team. Yeah. CIS Rejects will probably be the most known team here in terms of players. Uh, if you haven't been following CIS too much, it has a lot of the you know the old stars basically. Um, it's the team with let me see here: Ramses, Pasha, Roger, FNG, and then finally on mid they have Depressed Kid, who will hopefully cheer up now he's in Division One. So maybe he'll rename to Kid. <laughs> Is that the opposite of Depressed Kid? Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to be happy right now. You fucking kid. Elated Kid. Would like to see it. Then on to SCA, where Boom is number one, followed by Fnatic, T1, and Team SMG. Teams that are out are Motivate Trust and TNC Predator. Replacing them are Polaris Esports and Enigma Galaxy SEA. Did Polaris end up even losing a game? They were dominating. Hang on, let me see. I yeah, I don't have the results up other than... Polaris went 7-0. and oh. oh, wow. Okay. Uh, full Filipino team. Oh, that's great. Only recognizable name on there for me is Natsumi. Hmm. And no, Lelouch as well, I guess. But yeah, some up and coming stuff or people that have changed nicknames. I might just be ignorant here. Um, You're always ignorant. Impressive. On to NA, Quincy Crew end up losing to EG, but didn't matter because they beat everybody else. So number one for them. Undying, which we'll get to soon, followed by EG and four Zoomers. So that's going to be a pretty awesome little... Like regional tournament, unfortunately, Did you think Dying was going to win that tiebreaker. They two ODG after EG no, was on a, on I, a great path. Suddenly, I did not think they were going to. No, they were Maybe on a tear. That... They just two would Quincy, Undying, and four Zoomers. Right? Yeah. EG's last three series, and then yeah, it lost the tie for sixty DPC points. Essentially, yeah, it's a big a deal. Bit for of sure. cash. The teams that go out are sadly Arkosh and. Even more surprising, black and yellow, which we talked about last time, which looked way better than um, simply two-based, but they end up losing yeah. the head-to-head matchup, so they're out, which means they'll probably break up, honestly. Like, these NA teams, they, they don't stay together for too long. Uh, the mm-hmm. teams that will replace them are The Cut and Team Dog Champ. So finally, Luki... Wait, is Luki Luki on that team still? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> King Division 1 has Puck Champ and Dog Champ. <laughs> That's true. What is this shit? It's good shit, man. I love oh it. You're easily amused. Uh, and then lastly, SA, we have Thunder Predator number one, followed by Infamous, Beast Coast, and APU King of Kings. Okay. Yep. 
And the teams that are relegated are No Ping and SG, which coming into the season, just based on name alone, would not right. have expected. They'll be But totally replaced. different rosters on both teams. Yes, right? totally different. Wait, where did the No Ping roster go? Actually, do you know? Uh, Hang on. Either way, the promoted teams that are replacing them are Infinity and Balrogs Esports. That's a cool... That's a cool name. And their logo's cool, too. Although, I don't know why Balrogs is plural. Shouldn't it just be Balrog Esports? Not if there's more than one of them. Yeah, but it sounds weird with the S. It does. Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong, last season, No Ping was... Did that team have Oscar Matthew and Dark Mago? Was that that team? Yeah, that sounds sounds right. I'm trying to remember. I feel like that was No Ping. That's Thunder Predator now. Oh, okay. But okay. was it then? I think so. That's true. Thunder Predator after TI obviously broke up, right? So after going yeah. winless. Okay. All right. So that is the DPC update. Oh, so let's move on to a couple of, uh, let me get rid of this graphic there before I forget. So you can see our beautiful faces. Uh, a couple of short topics. So Undying has been officially sponsored by TSM. That is a huge sponsorship. So congratulations to them. Somewhat surprising to some that it's not Quincy Crew. But I, I love Jack and I hope to God that they find somebody. But through this DPC, Undying looked like the better team, in my opinion, even though they had a worse record. Does that make sense? Like the game that but, they lost yeah, to sure. Quincy Crew, even though they lost 2-1, I still felt like they were the better team. They just fucked up like real bad in that game three. Um, and they've been together longer. Like Quincy Crew is basically, it's just two players plus three, I think, right? Three different players. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> in terms of like sticking together, it ends up working out. And like we said, TSM... I'm trying to remember. Have they ever had a Dota roster? I feel like maybe no. they had one briefly. No? no? I don't think so. Because back in the day, it was not allowed to have one when you had a league team. <laughs> so that was the restriction for a long time, to my knowledge. Oh, was it actually? I. So I don't know if I have complete confirmation, but that's what I heard like years okay. ago. But so it could Riot be wanted ex exclusivity. As far as I know. For but. the org. But didn't EG have Dota and League at the same time? I think they did. That was... Wasn't that semi-recently, though? Something must have changed, or that information is just wrong. I don't... Either way... I don't recall this. Anymore. Congratulations to Moon Meander and the rest of those boys. Uh, great to see an NA team get sponsored. Hoping that Quincy Crew is next. Find it... Don't you find it surprising that this is when TSM enters? Like, this is also what some people are discussing. Like, in mm. terms of timing for doing this... It seems like to... a strange timing, right? The major got canceled, or well, reformed, mm -hmm. rebuilt. TI is far away. Undying were there before last TI. If you wanted to enter into the Dota space, TI is the event. Right. And that would have been a really big opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the reason? Is it because they have extra financing now that they didn't have, so they couldn't afford a Dota team? Is there some sort of bigger perspective in the game that we're missing that is suddenly there for orgs? That they didn't have last year. I'm guessing like another round of funding or something yeah. where they need to. I mean, it's Probably. just a complete guess. But I mean, not to be that guy, but Dota's not exactly the most attractive thing for sponsors or orgs, as we've talked about. Um, but that's why it's so good to see 
that it still yes. happens that these orgs invest because hopefully that you know is inspiring and it builds so keep in mind we don't know the deal or like any details so this might not be like a regular like full-fledged thing meaning maybe they're paid for boot camps and occasionally they like when they do boot camps it'll be at like the tsm offices or whatever and maybe there's like very little salary you know because it is na or maybe it's like an eg thing where it's just everything which i hope that it is uh but i think there's no real way to know i think an org like tsm is big enough that i don't think they would skimp out on that um for reputation reasons as well right like there's some there's a certain level of expectation for these orgs of this size, for what they deliver for the players. I don't think providing quote unquote the bare minimum is something that their brand would stand for. Yeah. Um, do you oh, know if it's still, they've, they just are called TSM, right? Like Team Solo Mid is, is not the name of the team anymore, right? They just scrapped that. I have no, I just know that the tag. Or is it kind of like Navi where there is an actual <laughs> old name, blah, 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 but then everybody just uses the short handle? I don't know. I know that FTX um, is like their title sponsor and it's in the name as well. So technically yeah. it's FTX TSM, which I'm saying this now. Yeah. I will not be saying that. I'm just going to say TSM. Dude, imagine saying that during casts. TSM FTX. I'll fuck it up half the time. At huh. least. Some 60%. people some people like to say the whole names of the team every time. PSG LGD. I find that annoying as well. That's well, a lot easier to say than TSM FTX. <laughs> it is. It is easier. <laughs> Looking forward to that one though. Uh, okay, next thing is a little news about Weha. So Kelly, who is one of the co-owners of Alliance, tweeted the following. To set the record straight, We is an amazing player, but as, rum- as rumors have been true, he is religious and is against betting sponsors. VBet are huge Dota fans and fund a majority of our Dota 2 salaries. We can't do our sponsors dirty like that. They barely ask for any in return already. I tried to reach a compromise with him and only asked... To put the tag in game, no banners or jersey placements, especially for him, but he still said no. So don't waste your time as we won't waste others. We respect him immensely for his choice, but don't suggest obvious names. So obviously a lot of people are tweeting out to Alliance looking for replacements. Mm-hmm. And I was under the impression, and I think we kind of theorized that Weha could be like from the original roster before the DPC started, could be part of that squad, along with Soxa, which I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Yeah. Um well he got rank one on the leaderboards. He's probably busy with that. <laughs> yeah, true. So this came as a surprise <laughs> because when he was on DC, we had betting sponsors. So something has changed, which, I mean, that's great to have, like, your moral compass set like this, for sure. Um, and I respect Weha. He's one of my, like I said, one of my favorite people. And by the way, if you guys watch his stream, make sure two things. Number one, annoy the shit out of him that he's not using the Dota 2 tooltips extension. Number Brew. two, uh, annoy him that he needs to come on the podcast. He thinks that nobody mm-hmm. wants, to, like, I've asked him three different times now. And he was going to come on because he thought he was going to join a team, probably Alliance. And now that he didn't, he's like, eh, nobody's going to care. Like, like, dude, I people care. still want you to come on the podcast. So convince him on his stream. One of my favorite players hey. of all time. So respect him immensely with like the choices and whatnot. Uh, go ahead. Shannon, there's one last option here that you haven't considered. What if, since we has played in a team before with betting sponsors, he's actually not against it, but he just needed any excuse to not join Alliance. <laughs> Well, we'll find out if he joins another team with some betting sponsors. <laughs> what a look that would be. <laughs> that would be the ultimate troll right there. So 
I I never He's knew really that committed to it. <laughs> I never knew that he was religious. I mean, we didn't really get into that stuff when he was on DC. We definitely had betting sponsors, so that is something that's changed. Uh, and this is going to kind of bleed into another topic that we'll talk about in after this SAP segment coming up. But I feel like, and again, respect all that stuff. It is going to be very hard to be on a team without a betting yes. sponsor. Like there. Everywhere you go in not just Dota but esports, there's gonna be sketchy stuff. Sometimes it's not sketchy. There's betting companies that are not sketchy for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's gonna be sketchy stuff basically everywhere you go. And that's just sadly is the reality. So he's gonna have a hard time finding a team if that's even what he wants, because he gets a shit ton of viewers when he streams. Could become a full time streamer if he really wants to do that too. So yep. it will be difficult. Uh but we wish him luck and please come on the show. Weeha, please. For God's sake, I'm sick of talking to Cinder and all alone. We will uh, we will not have a betting sponsor on the episodes you're on. That's true. That would be funny if we only get for one episode. It's the one. <laughs> <laughs> He's on. uh, if he says yes, we'll go out of our way to get a betting sponsor for that episode. We just alone. won't tell him. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> you think it would surprise. be the first guest to walk out on an episode. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the SAP segment, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get my question ready for you, Sindarin. Sindarin, after all these weeks, still zero answers correct, and I have one. So I am crushing him by infinity percent. This is the 15th SAP question you're giving me. Yes. The 15th. I've been wrong 14 times in a row on a four multiple choice. That's right. We need an updated odds if I get it wrong again today for what the odds are with random selection of getting it wrong 15 times in a row. If I I get it wrong, but I will get it right today. I feel it. I I have a feeling, Shannon. I'm having an ESP moment. I'm having an ESP moment. It's C. You're going to get this correct. It's It's C. C. Okay, so you're picking C ahead of time? No, because I don't believe in ESP. Give me the question. In this patch, which Aghanim Scepter has been purchased the most times? So we're talking about raw amount. Okay. Okay. That makes things easier, theoretically, unless there's a a trickiness to this question. Is it Puck, Void Spirit, Invoker, which is C, by the way, or Gyrocopter? (laughs) And this is for what games? Ticketed games 7.07 Ticketed games, the most purchased ags for a specific hero. Puck, Void Spirit, Invoker, Gyro. Okay, Void Spirit is too new. It's not B. Wait, hold on. What do you mean Void Spirit? I'm talking about this patch. Oh, this patch. This I patch. I thought ticketed games. For, okay, that's why I asked ticketed 7.07 and games on. games in okay. this patch. This patch. Yes. I could have... Shit. Right, just want to get the Dude, correct... This is really... Right. These are all really good picks. <clears throat> They're all top 10. These are t- the top four just jumbled up in terms of order. Okay. They're all top four. Yes. Okay. I made this... As difficult um, as possible. Ah, dude. Remember, it's not percentage because Chad yeah, is saying yeah. like it's Void raw Spirit, amount. Puck, invoker Gyro. What's the least banned of these that like, gets played a lot? Puck was banned for a while. Invoker doesn't get eggs every game. Void Spirit gets eggs basically every game, but he's banned a bit. I'm going with Void Spirit, Shannon. <laughs> I want to get 15 wrong in a row. Void Spirit is incorrect. 
The correct answer was C, invoke. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? I believe in USP now. I knew it. All right, just to give the raw numbers, fourth place was Gyro with 3,642, Puck 3,748, Void Spirit 4,809, Invoker 4,864. So just slightly ahead one percent more void spirit hey technically correct is the best kind of correct i am still i'm still blown away by my ability Uh, to be wrong every time all right i don't i genuinely i don't know like i don't know if i want to be wrong or right i don't know what's better it's better for the show that you suck at this but i'm genuinely i'm actually trying to be right that's what makes it. i am gonna take a 2-0 lead on you here okay esp kicking in all right here is my question for you okay who has the most lifetime denies? And by lifetime, that is, you know, our usual frame of reference, 7.07 and onward. Okay. Is it A, Era, B, Dendi, C, Resolution, or D, Illidan? Era, final answer. Was that an ESP moment? No, I just randomly guessed. Good, because it's incorrect. So your ESP would is it be uh, Illidan? Also wrong. Is it Resolution? Nope, it is Dendi. Good job. Wow. Okay. Yes. Well, good effort to me, everybody. <laughs> we are so shit at this. It's unbelievable. All right. I'll give you the rankings as well. So <laughs> all time, Dendi wins by a mile. By the That's way, that's shocking. It's not actually. even close. That is shocking. So Dendi first place, about thirty three thousand denies. Resolution is second with twenty six point five. Wow. Era is fourth with twenty five point four, and Illidan is sixth with twenty four point five. So Dendi dwarfs them all in denies. Impressive. Truly impressive. Okay. Let's move on as we continue to suck ass at this segment. Brought to you by the great SAP. (laughs) It makes SAP look good. That's true. Uh, We have the community question. So last week we asked, what is the core hero that has the highest win rate when played as support? The correct answer was, in fact, Spectre with 73% win rate in only 15 games played. Pretty high win rate, actually, even though it's a small sample size. In case you're wondering, Meepo was second place with 68% in 19 games, and Tinker, 66% in 47 games. Um, the best win rate... OD, you got sixth? Right. So I said OD, which was sixth place, with 58% in 55 games. Cinderin said PA, which is the bottom third. SAP, bait. you guys can't see. They're talking shit about Cinder, how bad he is at this. Uh, bottom third, win rate of 48%. Garbage answer, obviously. Uh, a lot of people said we've basically nobody got it correct. So in essence, I was correct. The, actually, that's not true. One person had a better guess than OD, which was Tinker, but they did not say ha- hashtag SAP Esports, so they're disqualified. Sorry to that person. You don't deserve a shout Damn. out. I win. Suns fan wins. Thank you. And now on to the next question for the following week. Uh, this is from Games for Falling Asleep. I think this is a Patreon oh. person, isn't it? Yep. He asks, his original question, of course, is, what is the hero slash pro player with most creep per minute average over one game? So not the best average farmer, or not the average best farmer, but the fastest instance ever. Uh, so the correct answer 
which we're because there's two parts to this is Jackie slash Jack Boys from Motivate.TrustGaming. So instead of guessing the person, which we already know who it is, you guys need to guess the CS per minute that he had. And this is since May 2012, so 6.87. So whatever your answer is, type, remember, you don't want to get disqualified like that one noob we didn't even name, hashtag SAP Esports, and then the number dot, and you can go two decimal points, let's say. All right. Do you have a guess, Sindarin? Highest CS per minute in one game. Yeah. Sixteen. Just flat sixteen. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna say fifteen point six nine nine. No, fifteen point six four. Okay, that is my answer. So good luck to everybody. Remember to type that in the YouTube comments below. And as always, we appreciate uh, you clicking on the link in the description to check out more about SAP Esports as it does help us as well. Next topic. I wonder, sorry, I wonder when this was. So it's not a secret that in Dota there's been like power creep, right, over the years. So I think this record is either from, it's probably from 2021, right? This record can't be old. Why? Because the amount of farm that people found three years ago doesn't compare. Like the CS per minute is just higher now than it used to be. It's higher on average, but is it higher for the cores? Like for the yes. position one? Like yeah. On average, but in a vacuum, it like what if one should per- be higher? No, whatever. We'll find out. All right. Next topic. I think this record is the ESL news. So ESL and Face It. I mean, there's two announcements, I guess. They're com- they're merging. So that's interesting. And they are being purchased by a Saudi investment group. So this is what I kind of wanted to talk about with the whole Weha thing. That So obviously the Saudi group, to mine, I haven't really read into this that much. It's the it's a public investment fund that has to do with the Saudi Arabian government. And obviously, Saudi Arabian government has a lot of sketchy stuff that they've done, aka killing a journalist. Um, and obviously, Saudi Arabia in general, not great with the human rights thing. Uh, I, for your, you know, I've talked about this before. I literally was born in Saudi Arabia and I lived there for mm-hmm. 10 years. So I witnessed a lot of it firsthand. Obviously, you know, in some respects, it's a third world country, but they are rich as fuck as well. So it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at everywhere in esports, and it's probably just not esports, but there's sketchy stuff. This is my impression. There's sketchy stuff everywhere. You look mm-hmm. at certain regions like Russia, Ukraine, like there's rumors of how people are getting money through <laughs> like weird means, let's say. Uh, there's... I mean, it doesn't matter where you go. There's always going to be something sketchy with like betting companies. I would say if you're going to pick one, not to you know single out anybody, if you had to pick one country that is the, I don't know if sketchy is even the right word, but you know what I mean when I say that is China mm-hmm. has like the worst track record with anything. So Saudi Arabia is not that much better, but it it's just one of those things that I feel like there's nothing that can be done. It is what it is. Um, but to our knowledge, I mean, we had a meeting with ESL because uh, they wanted to, you know, be up front with everybody. 
And, you know, the consensus was that nothing's really going to change, which who knows if that's actually true. It's it's weird. Like being yeah. bought like for $1.5 billion, that's a lot of money. And it feels like stuff's going to change, but I'm sure the employees don't know because nothing's been like, this is going to take like two months in and of itself just to go through. Right. Yeah. So part of the, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm done. What, what's your impressions okay. of this? Yeah. I was going to say like part of the moral dilemma and you know, the thing that people working in the industry in situations like this are faced with is that if, if you're against what a lot of the things that Saudi Arabia stand for, which we are right. Like, um, discrimination against women and homosexuals or you know that just among some of the things that a lot of western countries would take a very clear distance from um you can have like political qualms with the country and their political decisions um but the fact of the matter is that these countries uh, that you disagree with on a fundamental level hold like you said a lot of power in things that you do interact with so you kind of need to make the decision, am I cutting ties with this over something the country thinks? Or am I still, you know, doing my thing for, for what it is? And when it comes to the examples that you use, like China or Saudi Arabia, a lot of the stuff that you interact with in your everyday life is part, if not majority owned by these countries. But that doesn't mean that their country's ideologies are enforced on the product. Right. And so, keep in mind, United States is also, you could put the United States in the same cat. They've done a lot. True. Of, like we've done sure. a lot of shitty ass stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't stop me. You from have better using... PR in the media. But yeah, the United States are. No, we're definitely not, not innocent. Depths. So not. for people so, that want to like boycott, like working with ESL, mm -hmm. which I don't think is going to probably happen, I would assume. Like same with like the Weha not doing, but I immensely respect people for doing that. But it doesn't diminish what's the right way to put it. I don't look down on people that kind of ignore that because you can't like there's just so much injustice around the world. And it's like, I don't know how to put it's this kind words. of impossible to avoid it. Like you can take stands where you want to. Yeah. Uh, but I will guarantee that basically everybody in a westernized country, if you're very much against China or very much against Saudi Arabia and you want to avoid everything that they profit from entirely, there's not much left for you to enjoy. Like mm. it's just the ownership across the world of big country uh, con uh, <laughs> big countries. <laughs> what do you know? Big companies across the world, across different countries. There we go. Uh, is is very widespread. So um, I think something that's really important with this is the way it gets handled, right? Because it's one thing to have ownership. Ownership is very different than sponsorship because the whoever is the owner of this group is trying to profit off something that is run abroad. And obviously, a part of it clearly from a, from a uh, seems to be also of a political nature, you know, like uh, Saudi Arabia <clears throat> is getting involved with different like sports to possibly try to, you know, for political reasons, look better on the global, on the global scene. Um, but from a profit perspective, um, being the owner versus being a sponsor means that they invest into this. But like you said earlier, there's no direct connection between them owning this and the product changing. So it's not like there's suddenly going to be advertisements or propaganda on the ESL channels to, you know, change everyone's minds around about Saudi Arabia or whatever. Cause then I think the perspective for talent would be very different as well. Right. Or mm. everyone here, if, 
if suddenly you're endorsing a country that you don't agree with, but it's, it's strictly the ownership. Um, <clears throat> I think that's important to separate and talk about because obviously the, the community, at least parts of the community are very, very negative about this. And I, I don't think it's just a clean thing, you know, hundred mm. um, percent. But it's also not literal hell in Dota all of a sudden. Um, yeah. Even though this isn't the, the best comparison, although it's, it is connected in some degree. Like after the whole Saudi Arabia killing that journalist thing. Well, first of all, we should mention obviously the government being involved makes this a little weirder than just a company like Tencent. But then right, again, Tencent, Tencent, right, yeah. Tencent has a lot of you know sway with the government anyway. So maybe there's not that much difference. But I don't know the details for that. Mm-hmm. But to try to make up for the PR that it was the disaster of the journalist getting stuff in a fucking suitcase and all that bullshit, uh, they ran some shit. Like Saudi Arabia helped. Like they gave a bunch of money to charity. So it's like this weird quandary for these like organizations that are taking this money. It's like technically this money will be uh, used for good, but it's from a source that is not great. So there's like a weird quandary there, right? And I know that ESL, they're big into like uh, making sure everybody, like there's a lot of diversity, uh, the GLHF thing, like with toxicity and whatnot. And you know, we were told that they're going to continue doing that stuff. So, again, impossible to see the future, but based on right. how things have gone in the past with, again, this is kind of unprecedented, so maybe that's not the best way to put it, but things as similar as you can get that have been purchased in this manner, not that much really ends up changing. Um, right. But who the if, hell if this, knows? Right. If this starts becoming like some sort of big, all of a sudden becoming very political, I think the perspective is going to change a lot. Um, right. for a lot of people but if it's just if it's ownership and things keep running as they are and there are people from saudi arabia or china or whatever country you may disagree with that have ownership that is kind of the same as a lot of other companies that you enjoy quote unquote content from whether it's stuff you eat watch use for transport like whatever it is yeah. there is then it's no different from a lot of other things basically that you interact with so. yep <clears throat> okay next thing on the listener is dragon's blood review have you yes. finished watching it yes okay so going to say this now this will not be a spoiler free review of dragon's blood the anime from netflix if you're listening if you're watching and you have not seen it and you don't want it spoiled please mute and or just skip the section if you're watching the VOD. If you're watching live, I will wave my hands when we are done. I'll do this. Okay, wash on, wash off. I don't know what that's supposed to signify. <laughs> don't look into it any further. This will be spoilers ahead. Okay. Cinder, I've warned you guys ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So what? Yes. tell me your review because I gave my number and I'm going to go through specifics when it's my turn to talk with what I You liked gave it and five and a half out of ten, right? Yeah, I, I thought it was terrible. Yep, go ahead. I'm trying to remember what I rated the first season. Um, Probably like an eight. Did I give it that high? I'm not sure. Maybe I did. Seven and a half, something like that. Um, I think, I think the second season started out pretty slow, but I thought, especially the last three episodes, were maybe some of the best of the show. Um, and. 
similar to last season, there were there's still like a lot of how to say there's a lot of things that go unexplained or happen really fast or moments that are big that are on screen for five seconds and don't really, you know, play out fully, but where you just make up the gaps yourself. Or it would have been nice to have every episode be, you know, five minutes longer so that mm-hmm. the creators have more <laughs> possibilities of illustrating and, and showing important information. Um but yeah, overall, I think for me, this season is as good as season one, if not slightly better. Um, so whatever score I gave it back then, give it that plus 0.5. I just don't remember what it was. Um, okay. And it wasn't really different in pacing, right? It feels like it's kind of... <clears throat> that's what we thought was maybe going to change, was that maybe the episodes would be you know, a little bit more fleshed out or whatever it still goes really really fast and i feel like sometimes you kind of just want to pause and just think for a second because really important things are happening and sometimes you don't know why and sometimes you may know why but you know what why because of two seconds of something that happened three episodes ago uh that's something big is happening that's really important um so it makes it challenging in my opinion for the audience to really follow exactly why the story is unfolding as it is and honestly, if you really delve into it, maybe it doesn't fully make sense why it unfolds the way it does, which mm-hmm. is, you know, not good writing in that case. Um, but I was entertained, honestly, um, especially in the latter half. So I didn't think it was as bad as you did. I'm happy to hear that, Cinder. And when I go absolute ham in just a moment here, I just want you to remember that I don't think less of you for liking it. I'm actually envious that you were able to enjoy it because I thought it was complete dog shit. The only and reason still I still gave, gave it five and a half. Well, I give it five and a half because if there's another season, I will continue to watch it. So if it okay. basically if it's above five, I will stomach it if I feel the need, which it's Dota related, so I will watch mm-hmm. it. So it can't be lower okay. than five point five. That's the lowest I can go. <clears throat> so right. back to the pacing. I thought the pacing was somehow worse than season one. The pacing was maybe it was actually slightly worse. I think you're the right. The pacing in season one was really bad. And we talked about this. I'm like, it's season one. That's okay. They didn't have the greatest budget. They didn't know if there's going to be season two, maybe. You know, they're introducing a bunch of stuff. Forgiven. Season two, some fucking how they top themselves and the pacing that is, true. is beyond fucking garbage. Apps, it's the shittiest pacing of literally any show I have ever seen. And I watch a lot of stuff. The worst pacing of all fucking time. Cutscene after cutscene, like Marana doing that one fight where she takes over for Luna, and it's just like literally two drawn pictures, and the fights are. What the fuck is going on in this show, dude? They're yeah, all over the so place. It's so fast. That's insane. In addition to that, stuff that could have been improved from last season, maybe they didn't watch any of these shows where we reviewed it. Dialogue, still horrible. My God, could you have worse writers in this show? Dog shit dialogue. Uh, Voice acting, some of them were really good. But the contrast between them and the people that were beyond terrible is embarrassing for a show that is on fucking Netflix. My God, terrible voice acting from so many people, with a few exceptions, of course, that were really good. It's like... And that's what that's what the thing. What do you think this really good voice acting in that show? Uh, well, the drag, the Slyrak is great. I mean, that guy's mm-hmm. a pro. I fucking love that guy. Uh, I, I didn't write down who I thought. I put the show out of my mind, if I'm being honest. Um, Just 
Invoker, I think Invoker has good voice acting. I like him. Okay. Uh, like some of the characters, like anything that there's a couple Australian characters that are just, <laughs> it's so cringy how bad the accent is. Like I, I don't understand. Anyway, uh, what do you think about Kashura <laughs> as a character? Who is and that? The voice acting for that. Who guy? is that? The, the guy who turns into the big purple dude in the end. Oh, his voice acting was fine. And I thought it was going to be some. That was probably the highlight of the season, right? Was the Kashura reveal, like how he plays. And you kind of have this feeling that this guy yeah. who holds this like political sidelines is really powerful, but you don't really know why. Yeah. Uh, I thought that mystery was interesting. And then it just, yeah. Uh, I like that character. I thought it was. In addition to, I'm going to do a lot of negatives and then a couple of good things, okay? Okay. <clears throat> uh, the first like half of the fucking thing, it felt like I was watching The Witcher. You saw The Witcher, right? It's like the same yeah. story where you go to this dragon's den and you have these like Witcher type characters. They have this like honor system, this bond with each other. It's like literally watching the same show. Like find something more interesting to show for God's sake. Maybe that's just bad timing with The Witcher coming out, but you should know this years in advance what's coming out for Netflix. Uh, I, I literally started, uh, oh, sorry. In addition to that, I thought the storyline in general very weak and uninteresting. I think Invoker is the most interesting character by far, and he's barely shown. Instead, you're focusing on worthless fucking Dragon Knight, who the most boring character you could have chosen in the entire show anyway. The dragon stuff can sometimes be interesting, but they only show glimpses. It's like most of the stuff they're showing, to me, very uninteresting and uninspired. Uh, there was a part where you're not supposed to laugh, but I literally burst out laughing. There was like a picture of Sand King, and then nothing after. You don't see him ever again. It's just a picture of fucking Sand King. I was raffling <laughs> at how fucking stupid that is. To show Sand King, he's not actually a character, okay? Stupid. There in are other Dota heroes <laughs> in the show, but in they die. <laughs> Invoker cannot sunstrike properly. This one has been uh, talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. That's a very simple thing that Obviously, they've never played the game before, but they could have had somebody consult them ahead of time. Uh, the noses drawn still suck absolute ass, and it still really bothers me, these noses that they draw. Terrible. The overall animation... In all fairness, Shannon, when you try to Sunstrike, you do use Quaswex and Exord when you play Invoker. So it's like... It's trying to connect with the audience on how they play Invoker. I mean, of all the things that bother me, this is the least of them. Uh, the noses, though, that's on the top of the list. I hate them with a passion. It makes me mad every time I see them. Uh, the overall animation, which I thought would improve from season one, was basically the same. Not really any improvement. Still pretty meh. Uh, let's talk about the characters Lena, Wyvern, and CM. So CM, you know, CM's kind of a generic character. She was whatever. Uh, when she was writing Wyvern, I got irrationally angry that because it was just because we watched like the show in two days, right? So the first day, that's where it ended. And she's literally writing another hero. Just something seemed really wrong with that. Uh, but Wyvern as a character was fine. She turns into a human, which is weird. It has nothing to do with her actual skill set. Not sure how I feel about that. Kind of neutral on it, if I'm being honest. Uh, Lena was evil and annoying. Um, her voice acting was terrible. And she died. Nobody gives a shit. That's another thing. Like, the characters died. Nobody really gives a shit. That means you have not done good character building at all. Period. Um, it's like trying to be George R. R. Martin killing people, except in those shows, like, you form attachments to these characters. Ned Stark. People were shocked. They loved this character. It's, like, literally their favorite character. Lena, 
nobody gives a shit if she dies because she's a worthless fucking character nobody gives a shit about next pangalier which isn't pangalier apparently i had to look up his name it is not the same character so instead of having a hero that's interesting pangalier as a french musketeer type character you come out with a different one entirely that takes up a good chunk of the show has the same accent has the same skills but it's not pango why the fuck is it not pango why because maybe it's because they only want new characters from dota to die in the show and they don't want this fake pangolier to die stupid fucking decision that is actually pretty fucking weird (laughs) stupid fucking decision after stupid decision okay my friend Zeno brought this up and i completely agree dragon knight the character the guy davian his story arc has literally not changed since episode one of season one he is still this idiotic guy that seems nice and he has this dragon inside him not sure what to do with it and now we're at the end of season two it's exactly the fucking same nothing has changed at all and Slyrak, when he turns like, oh, I've turned into a big dragon, and then I lose literally every fight. You are useless. You're supposed to be powerful, and you're useless. Terrible. Terrible character. Boring as fuck. And last oh, the thing. The voice acting's good. La- the, the dragon is good voice acting. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. last thing, Cinderin, which is a positive Caden is the best character in the show. He better be the next hero. That guy is awesome. His blade is cool. His cheesy lines that a lot of people may not like actually fit his character. Great character. Loved him. Basically the only thing I liked about the show other than Invoker, but that didn't change from season one. So that's my review. What do you think about Kashura as a possible hero? Uh, I know we just talked about that. Oh, the, the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when the I purple void when I saw him void, when right? I saw him turn into that big creature, I'm like, is this the next? That's the first thing I thought. Is like, is this the next mm-hmm. hero? So, does that mean it's a he transformation? Looks a bit like hero? Underlord, I guess, in his face, but yeah, still. I mean, I was paying attention to his skill set, and he has like 20 skills, <laughs> and they don't synergize at all. So, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that that would be interesting, but. Because uh, we do need like a darker character anyway, but Caden, right. Caden is the best. I feel like the community uh, at large is really asking for someone, a hero that's not really humanoid or at least has like monster-like features or is evil. Yeah, it's I feel like he fits the bill pretty well. Yeah, that's true. So. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be disappointed. Okay, that's my review. Hopefully, we never talk about it again All until right. season Remember three. Remember to wave. Thank you. Wax on, wax off. Spoiler free now. Next thing on the list, as we are actually, this is a, wow. Yeah. All right. We'll zip through these last ones. Uh, Valve's Steam Deck will officially launch after some delays on February 25th, Cinderin. You ordered one of these, right? No, we've had, okay. You're talking, making fun of me for dementia. We've talked about this three times now on the podcast. No. Oh, it never got the FPS you wanted. No, the Hertz. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hey, Val, if you're watching... It's 60 hertz only. Val, that's right. Valve employees, if you're watching, we would love to have your product to try it out. If you don't want us to review it, then just let us know in the note that you provide with the Steam Deck. Okay? True. We appreciate your sponsorship. (laughs) 
I, I wouldn't mind having one, but I'm not going to spend money because I don't really, I feel like I don't really have much to play on it. And the whole 60 hertz things does turn me off, but I know that I'm in the minority with that. So, And like we, okay, now I think I remember this conversation. If it was 120 hertz, you would have bought it, right? Uh, I think that's what you said back then. I would be more inclined to buy it if there was at least one game that I would play semi-consistently mm -hmm. like Hades, but I'm kind of done with Hades now. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, looking forward to that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, next thing on the list, Cinderen, is Frost Giant. So, remember this company that was founded by a bunch of ex-Blizzard people that were actually good at their job and they left for whatever reason? They have raised $25 million to increase their team... I believe from, was it from a 30-person team to 50? They have announced that they officially will be making an RTS using the Unreal Engine 5. And I'll just read a quote from this article that I was reading. We absolutely want to make the best RTS game possible, one that existing fans and new players alike will be excited to play on day one, the Frost Giant team is fortunate to have the benefit of learning from our experiences on StarCraft and WarCraft, and those experiences suggest some clear new directions to explore. We're also setting out to make RTS more approachable to players who may have in the past felt intimidated while still providing modes that can support world-class esports. Any thoughts on this? I mean, I know this is not like the, you know, most thing. Uh, or the I guess... I guess I just quickly want to mention that two of the people working for this company, one of them is the production director on StarCraft 2, and the other one was the lead campaign designer on WarCraft 3, The Frozen Throne. The WarCraft 3 campaign was so fucking good. Yeah. Like, good. that is a huge part of why that game was so successful. The campaign, just the basic game, single player, was the best campaign I've ever played, I think. Um, super, super good campaign. So that's exciting. If, he's, if they're working together... Uh, and hopefully that means that the campaign of this RTS that they will release eventually will, will have really good story. Um, or at least really good design, rather. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's exciting, honestly. I feel like making an RTS nowadays is hard. Uh, I think captivating people with that sort of gameplay is, you know, what's, I don't know what you want to say, like what's meta right now in games is definitely not RTS. Uh, but... As with many things, you know, things can come full cycle. Now everyone has played Battle Royales, and then that kind of gets boring at some point. You want to play some of the old stuff. You want to play something different. Um, nobody has really, you know, innovated a totally new genre, it feels like, since Battle Royale, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's, like, nothing that's, like, groundbreaking. Auto-battlers. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, although, are they actually new? I mean, I I'd, guess on the scale they're new. I'd on never seen scale, anything yeah. before auto chess, yeah, but I, that's true. I could be wrong. Um, and they're kind of battle royales to a degree, ish. Yeah, I don't know if I would call it battle royale, but um, I get what you mean, though. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm excited as it's well. Challenging. I'm excited for an RTS if it's well done. I think that could. be I'm really more cool. interested to see what what they do with like theme of this like this new IP that they're just creating from scratch, right? Because mm -hmm. Like, as much as we hate Blizzard <laughs> and the games have been shit recently, their lore is... And like, I don't really care about lore, but then when you think about it, it's like, maybe I do care about lore because the characters are fucking awesome from, like, these Blizzard games, right? They're just yeah. so uh, historic in nature. 
So, yeah, excited to see what they come out with. Obviously, it's not going to be for a while, but will be interesting. Frost right. Giant and <clears throat> Dreamhaven are the yeah. two companies I'm really curious yep. to hear from in the next two years about what they're making. So, this Agreed. is good. Good stuff. Last topic of the day, Blizzard, after being bought by Microsoft, they are creating a new IP and are looking for people to apply for this game, which... I don't. Is that normal, by the way, to send a job application as your announcement for a new game? That doesn't feel normal to me. But either way, they're looking for art, design, and engineers for an unannounced survival game. So I'll be honest, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. I have. I don't think I've ever played a survival game. I've watched some. I guess it doesn't really interest me in any capacity. Have you played any? Uh. Don't really think so, no. Okay, well, they're coming <laughs> out. <laughs> I was going to ask you details of what that what a survival game technically means. Like, I guess I've played, or I've watched a little bit of, uh, is it H1Z1 or something? Is that? That's, isn't that a Battle Royale? There was a zombie. There's some zombie. I can't remember. I've seen a little bit of it. Um, anyway. So this is like, I guess this is kind of a genre that is picking up steam. So they're creating an actual new IP completely that's in a different universe. So it's not going to use, based on what they're saying, like Warcraft stuff or anything. It's just completely new IP. So your thoughts? Daisy. Uh, it was Daisy. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Oh, I see. Yeah. My, I mean, the only thing I'm thinking when I hear stuff from Blizzard right now is how much of this has anything to do with Microsoft. Like, when... I don't think this is Microsoft-related. Do you think so? No. This is probably... This must have already been in the works before the acquisition, right? It yeah. doesn't just magically happen within two weeks that you have a new IP on the on the horizon. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is a, an quote-unquote old Blizzard product, and now that it's bought, perhaps their approach to it will be different. I don't know. Uh, genuinely, like I said, don't remember really playing any of these survival games, but I know a lot of people really enjoy them and think it's some of the best gameplay ever. Um, so I don't know, man. Like when I hear stuff from Blizzard, I just I want to see something good, you know. <laughs> like that's basically what it boils down to at the end. And if what's going to be their next big thing is a survival game, fine, just make a good game. That's that's what we want to see, right? Uh, probably not either of our favorite genres, this one. Um, but the fact that they're looking to make new IP, I guess, is a good sign, perhaps. Um, I don't know if you want to take a positive outlook on this. Could also mean that, you know, if they're looking for this after, did they just indefinitely delay Diablo 4, for example? Are they losing faith in their own pro- old products? Do they not know what they want to do? Uh, and they're just going to start up from scratch. I mean, they're just using that Overwatch no. money that they somehow scammed a bunch of companies into giving them to expand their IP and create something new. So that's the way I look at it. I don't think it's that's got to be it. That's it. I don't think it's taking away from any of their current games. Uh, they're not. I mean, I, <laughs> I was going to say they're not dumb, but fuck. Yes, they are. Holy shit. <laughs> what am I saying? They're idiots. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, like I said, it's not a genre that interests me at this stage, but. Still interested to see, you know, what a company like Blizzard can do for something brand new. Because the last one they did was Overwatch, and I despised it. So Yeah, not the best. Okay, so that will do it for this episode. We do have one Patreon mailback question, but the episode has gone long, so we will 
roll it over to the next week. We appreciate you guys. Uh, until next time, Suns fan and Cinderance signing out. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening.